Hello, I'm Lyanne and this is Bariatric Yarns, where we talk all things weight loss surgery with a diverse range of guests and the occasional guest co-host. Bariatric Yarns is here to support destigmatizing bariatric surgery, advocate for feeling good in our bodies and minds, and to provide a safe space for others to talk about the truths of weight loss surgery. We bring you thoughts, ideas, experiences, but we don't bring you medical advice or prescriptions, so please seek that elsewhere. Let's start our bariatric yarn for today. Kia ora team, it's Lion here from Bariatric Yarns. I'm gearing up to release my first Bariatric Yarns episode in the coming weeks, and I thought it would be a great idea for me to spur of the moment, off the cuff, record an episode introducing myself so everybody knows what the podcast is about and how it came to be. So my name is Lianne. I'm half Samoan, half New Zealand European, mostly Scottish. Um, I'm 31 and I live in Te Taitokoro, Northland, um, at the top of New Zealand. I had a vertical sleeve gas, gas, <laughs> I always get this wrong, gastrectomy, a vertical sleeve gastrectomy on the 9th of December 2019 and um, my, my highest weight was 140.8 kilos and um, I, I dropped down to 97 kilos. Um, I formerly had a podcast um, with my friend Emma Bypassed M on Instagram called The Bariatric Grind um, but we wound that up in, in March or April this year and uh, I've decided to start my own podcast. So um, the reason why I want to have a podcast is to break the stigma around weight loss surgery because uh, for a long time I didn't pursue it as an option because I truly believe myself that it was an easy way out. And once I actually did some research into it and actually educated myself, I realized there's just so much more to it and it really can be life-changing for so many people. And I believe that when people do get a negative reaction when they tell people they're having or have had surgery or thinking about it or it just comes up in conversation that most of the time people just aren't educated about what it is and um, you know I can I can attest to that because that that was me as well. I'm really big on advocating for people to feel good in their body and mind and what I mean by that is Pretty much exactly what what I said. Um, yeah, so I like to talk about the mind body because I just don't believe the two are disconnected. I think our body gives us feedback and signs and and tries to point us in the right direction or get us to start looking deeper at the root cause of things. And our mind is just so cl- closely linked to that. Um, so that that's kind of like one of my goals now, and I'll talk a little bit more about it later. Is is actually feeling good in my body and mind. I really wanted to have a space where other people could come to talk about their experience with weight loss surgery, their thoughts, their ideas, what's gone amazing, what hasn't been so great, what have their biggest learnings been. And I also just love to talk myself, so that's that's a little bit (laughs) of a driving force for me to to want to start up this this little podcast. I thought I'd share a little bit about what the weight loss surgery journey has been like for me. 
And if you have listened to uh, our bariatric grind episodes, um, a lot of what I'm about to talk about, you've probably heard before, but that's okay. Here's a recap for you. <laughs> so uh, I, my experience with gaining weight, I guess I should probably start there. Um, that kind of began for me probably from age nine or 10 onwards. Um, at the time when I was a, a kid in like primary school, I always thought I was really big, but I actually wasn't looking back in photos. I was just tall. Um, uh, there wasn't, there definitely wasn't much fat on me. And at the time I thought I was just like this huge giant monster. Um, when I was nine uh, or Thereafter, I I've actually first of all when I was nine, that's when I got my period. So all of all of the bodily changes kind of started to happen, and then I went to high school when I was ten. Um, up here, we start high school at the high school I was at start starts at year seven, so it's intermediate and high school together, and um, I just steadily started gaining weight from there. So I can't really remember all of my weights, but I know that when I was twelve, I was at least a hundred kilos. And then it just kind of climbed from there. When I finished, when I finished school, high school, when I was eighteen, I would have weighed uh, about one hundred and eighteen kilos. Um, fast forward to when I had my first child, when I was nineteen or nearly twenty, I was uh, I was one hundred nineteen kilos. Uh, my first midwife. Um, visit. Then when I was 23, I had my second child. And at my first midwife visit there, I was um, 123 kilos, I think. Um, So I was at that stage, I think I was about 23. So now I'm 31. um, And and just before my 30th birthday, and that um, kind of, oh, it would have been in November, November, actually it was November the 12th, I remember now because I was heading down to Topor. I'd started really seriously thinking about weight loss surgery. The the previous years before, I had tried every diet under the sun like many of us have. um, And I'd spent thousands upon thousands of dollars talking with medical professionals, experts, and then um, holistic well-being, functional medicine. I, I went down every avenue that I could, and um, you know, I saw the Dr. Libby specialist. I went to all the B Pure seminars. I there, there really wasn't any a- avenue that I didn't go down and explore. I tried epigenetics. Um, I had my blood chemistry done, all that kind of stuff. I'd, I'd done Shaw Slim at one stage. Um, I can't really say done. I paid for it. And then I think I did it for like a week and I just couldn't handle the disgusting tonics. Um, But yeah, I'd been there. I'd done it. And it kind of got to this point where I felt like I was just waiting for that one piece of the puzzle to click into place. I had worked really hard on, on my on my food, what what I was eating, on my movement. I'd ha- had a really good kind of fitness regime going. I was playing rugby, um, sometimes playing 80-minute games. And it was starting to get really depressing that I couldn't get any fitter. Um, I also had sleep apnea. I was diagnosed with severe obstructive sleep apnea 
when I was 25, so 2015, and I had had my CPAP machine for, for five years, um, and I just hated it. And it, it was definitely a romance killer, um, but I just hated having to go to sleep every night and wear this mask. And I had this, every night I just, it just kind of fed this deep feeling that I was just absolutely useless at anything because I couldn't lose weight. Because every night when I had to put that mask on, it was just a reminder that this was just another day that I'd failed at something because I hadn't lost weight, because I'd eaten something I, at the time, thought I shouldn't have. All, all the things. It was a self-perpetuating cycle of kind of hate towards myself and hate towards my body. And I was reflecting, so I'm, I'm heading into about to turn 30, and I'm thinking, wow, I've been dieting. Let's say I started at 18. Seriously, that's that's the first time I had tried Shore Slim. Um, the reality is I was trying to diet well before that. I'd say anywhere from 12 onwards. Now reflecting on my life, I didn't have much control over the food that I was eating a lot of the time. And when I did, I made really poor choices because I didn't know any better. And food was the, the thing that kind of gave me joy in my life. Um, it still does to this day, but from quite a young, young age. So I thought 12 years plus of dieting, of trying to diet, of failing, hadn't lost any weight, the most I would have ever lost at, at one time was like maybe five kilos if I was lucky. I think that was when I was taking Duramed, which made me feel absolutely shit. And I thought, gosh, is this going to be the, me for the rest of my life? Am I just going to be spending all of my energy on wanting to lose weight beating myself up for not doing all the all the things I thought I should be doing and just hating myself? Is that really what life has in store for me? Because I had just tried so many things and nothing had clicked. You know, I had built some really amazing habits, which was awesome. Uh, my lifestyle, you know, I had only improved. There was a time when I was living off takeaways and that was not the case before I had surgery. Um, you know, we'd, we'd made a lot of changes in our life for our, ourselves and our, our kids, my husband and I. But there just was this one thing that just never seemed to click into place for me and actually help allow me to start losing fat. So I'd had some conversations previously with a friend around bariatric surgery she is an exercise physiologist and she had taken part in a study um, just a trial I think they did for a year where a patient's in a hospital setting who had public funded uh, surgery had their psychologist their nutritionist their surgery team and then they added an exercise physiologist on so they did really cool things like vo2 testing um, so lung capacity and, and fitness, that kind of stuff. And they were able to get onto a DEXA scan machine and have a look at, um, you know, where or how much fat they had, how much lean mass, what their bone density was like, all of all of that kind of stuff that I actually find really cool. And I did have a DEXA scan as well. Can't wait to do another one. 
Um, and I had been asking her some questions about it, just on on the on the sly, you know. Uh, I didn't really want to tell anyone publicly. It's something I'd I'd been thinking about. I didn't tell anyone. I I said a couple of things to my husband, but uh, November the twelfth, I think, um, heading down to Taupo, my husband was driving, and I was in the passenger seat, and I said, you know, I think I'm actually going to look into this. So I went onto the Auckland Weight Loss Surgery website um, as I had been recommended any of the surgeons from there um, and I watched all the videos and I read there they've got a, a guidebook which I think is an ex- extremely awesome resource after all the research that I did um, and I made an inquiry to, to get a booking uh, to see one of the surgeons which was um, I think three weeks after that date. And then I put an application in to withdraw my KiwiSaver to cover the cost. I didn't have $20,000 lying around. Um, And I also went for pre-approval with my uh, health insurance provider, Southern Cross, because they had a $7,500 subsidy to cover the cost, one-off cost, one-off payment for uh, bariatric surgery. And you know, from there, three weeks later, I had my first uh, catch up with my surgeon and he thought I was in a really good space and a really good candidate. Um, I chose to get the gastric sleeve at the time. And I, I talk about this across all of the different episodes, but the reason why I chose it at the time was I'd never, ever lost weight before. So I didn't have any fear of regain because I didn't know what that was like. Um and in my head, I was still in this mentality of, you know, like I need to work hard for this. And I felt like, you know, if I got the gastric sleeve, I knew, you know, it didn't have the highest success rate. It didn't have the, the most amount of weight loss. But I knew, um, you know, I'd end up being able to probably eat a little bit more than if I did get a bypass. And... And I thought, no, I'm going to sort out all my eating habits and all that, and it's not going to, it's not going to matter um, at that point when I can eat more because I'm going to have like sorted my shit out. Um, and I think it, I, I don't regret my choice, but it's probably a bit of wishful thinking on my part at that time, or or maybe I'm just not there yet. So I. Um, yeah, I think from from that catch up, four weeks later, I I had my surgery, um, and I went to Bali for my thirtieth birthday at the end of January, about six weeks post op. So that was a real experience. <laughs> um, definitely didn't spend much on food. Also, didn't spend anything on alcohol. Uh, going to Bali for a week with everyone else who's drinking and partying. Um, Probably wouldn't advise it, but I had already booked the trip and and I wasn't going to let the surgery stop me from going. Um, Yeah, so pre-op for me, (laughs) if you've listened to the bariatric grind, I share a story about the fact that I shat my pants. Uh, So it wasn't the funnest time. It wasn't. Uh, I really struggled through pre-op, but I had been told it is, for some people, the worst part of surgery and I 100% think that was probably true for me. Um, post-op I struggled with head hunger and, and looking, I only know that looking back now, 
at the time, I honestly thought I was physically hungry. I had a sore tummy, like I actually physically felt like my stomach was um, hungry. But but in now I know I actually really couldn't have been hungry. And I think it was just a feeling that I'd never experienced before. Um, so yeah, I, I battled with head hunger quite early on, which I think is what really led me to snacking, um, which was a habit that I, I started that I actually wish I never did, that I might touch a little bit on that later. Um, I lost most of my weight in the first six months. I had been told that most people lose the majority of their weight in their six, the first six months. And then after that, it's just hard work again uh, for a lot of people. And that was true for me. Um, I, you know, I did get down to, so lowest 97 kilos. I actually have gained weight since then. I'm sitting today away myself as 102.6. I'd like to get back under 100 um, sooner rather than later. Over this time though, so about a year after surgery, I, I really got into intuitive and mindful eating. And that is really about fundamentally learning to trust your body again so that you can listen to it and know what you need when you need it. And and it's it's not about, you know, firstly, it's not about diet culture. It's unlearning all the things that we think we should do or know, really tuning into what our body wants and needs and then applying some nutrition principles on top of that. Um, instead of kind of the other way around. And I I felt like when I found intuitive and mindful eating, I felt like I'd finally found my people. I was like, this is all the things that I believe is is true. Um, accepting our, our bodies, not berating ourselves for eating certain things. And it wasn't until I, I got into that that I just realized how kind of brainwashed I had been by diet culture all of these thoughts that I would have across the day about food and it's been a really hard and I'm still going um, long process trying to unlearn these things that we say to ourselves Um, just a couple of days ago I made Rocky Road and then the next day I was at home working all day and I just kind of like ate it all across the day every time I had some space I'd, I'd eat some and I really was beating myself up about that. But then afterwards, after um, having a discussion with someone, I realized that I only really ate it because I was telling myself I shouldn't eat it. And I was feeling shit about the fact that I shouldn't be eating this rocky road, shouldn't have this much, blah, 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 all the things. And I was like, fuck, I'm diet culture. <laughs> Again, falling back into that trap. So it's an ongoing battle, um, trying to get into intuitive, mindful eating. And... Um, you know, there's there's lots of different things what I've battled with with as well, like, um, you know, how do you feel for performance if you're trying to just trust your body and eat when you need to. But so there's a lot of different things that kind of play into it. And I think all you can do is, is find people who have the right information that resonates with you. And then, um, you know, going from there. One of the other things that I've had to reflect on post-op um, and anyone, well, anyone that I know who's had surgery will agree that it is 99% mental um, growth and mental work after surgery. Um, 
the physical transformation, you know, we we choose that and we're forced into that change when we have surgery. But the mental stuff, now that's really where the magic happens if you choose to do the work. And what I realized um, <laughs> across the last 18 months is that I didn't put on weight just because I liked food. Um, <laughs> you know, people people have said to me, and I think I probably would have said it to others before as well, when I talk to people who've, who have found out I've, I've had surgery or I've told them, and they let's say they might maybe a little bit overweight, they'll they'll say things like, "Oh no, I love food too much. I couldn't get that surgery." And I and I honestly believe at one point I would have been the person to say that too. Um, but what I have realised post op is, you know, there, and I'll put a caveat in here and say, obviously, there's some medical reasons why people put weight on, like um, medications and things that they're on, 100% get all of that, um, or illness and, and things. So um, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about my own experience. I just believe that, you know, when we overeat for long periods of time and, we, you know, we put on that protective layer, I guess, there's there's something underneath and I'd say the same when I see people you know abusing alcohol really often there's something going on something that you don't want to deal with and um, I really encourage people to get professional help with if that is the case so so what I have realized since then is that I had a traumatic experience when I was nine um, that led me to wanting to protect myself um, not wanting to get any attention from, from people. And um, subconsciously, since that point, and I can literally track back to when I started uh, putting on weight to this event, um, my I've just wanted to just have this protective layer that means, you know, I'm not going to be the centre of attention from my perspective and uh, a barrier to try and keep me safe. So that was really eye-opening for me because it's it wasn't something that I really thought um, was going to come out. And I've had to work through all of this stuff with the support of others. I haven't been able to do it by myself and power to the people that can, man, mad respect. When I went through pre-op, and the first few months of surgery, I had a well-being um, coach who uh, actually did a podcast with on bariatric grind. Go and have a listen to it. It's with um, Gail Watani, one of our later episodes. It's a, it's a real goodie. She's amazing. And she helped coach me through a lot of stuff, got me into, um, oh, what are they called? Essential oils to help change my state. Uh, got into, um, I think it's emotional freedom technique, which is like tapping. And that really helped me through the first, you know, three to six months. Later on since then, I have um, engaged in a six-month professional coaching 
with Healthy Minds NZ based down in Christchurch and my coach slash counsellor is uh, Imelda and she has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, the work I've done with her so far, so we're only partway through our coaching, is releasing all old emotions like fear, hurt, shame, guilt, anger, um, a whole whole raft of them. And now we've moved on to limiting beliefs. So the one that I did most recently, which was yesterday, was you know the belief that I get the short end of the stick, which I remember. So you have to, as part of the process, go let your subconscious kind of take you to where that first formed. And for me, I was seven. And <laughs> honestly, um, I was seven. I found our Christmas presents in the in the laundry in a chili bin, and there was a pair of shoes in there. And um, I would go in there every chance I could when no one was around and walk around in these shoes. So number one, this is when I found out Santa wasn't real. <laughs> Please, no children be listening to this. Um, and on Christmas Day, my brother was given the shoes. Um, I was seven. I didn't realize, you know, they were way too big for me. They were never going to be for me, but I had no idea. And I decided I really loved these shoes and I wanted them. And that for me was kind of where it was, I felt like my brother just got everything and I get the short end of the stick. And it's just carried on with me through life since then. And it's gone hand in hand with the belief of I am not enough. Um, I'm not enough and I get the short end of the stick. So we've worked on, on those limiting beliefs and some others. And I've probably had the biggest mental transformation over the last few months from working with Amelda. And I think that it was just really the right time for me to start doing this kind of work. It's not that I wish I'd done this however long ago. I think I needed to have done all of the other things I've done to get me to where I am now. And she works with people um, who have, you know, a lot of this kind of baggage and stuff to work through. Some people who haven't had um, weight loss surgery, well, most people who haven't had weight loss surgery, um, and they end up through this kind of practice. Uh, if if they have weight to lose, they they lose it because I think a lot of the time it's it's just freeing up the body, freeing up the mind, um, and taking away a lot of the reasons why people tend to eat or overeat or or abuse food. Um, yeah, so it's amazing work. I'm I'm so excited to to be doing it I, every time I have a session I just feel myself getting lighter and lighter and I know that I have just it changes a person and my husband or even comment on that as well and just not as um, heavy like in the mind and yeah more playful lots of things things have really shifted for me so <laughs> this was my little, oh, I'm so sorry, it's like 26 minutes and I was just going to do a quick update. But if you know me, you know I will continue to talk. So there's just a few more things that I kind of wanted to touch on. So what I wish I knew now, for me, I've really struggled with kindness and compassion for myself. I set the bar really high and I've always done that. And even when I do achieve what I've wanted to I still tell myself it wasn't really good enough and before I've even achieved it I've set the next goal so I don't stop to celebrate things and I'm trying really hard to start trying to do that because um, 
all the go, go, go gets me is burnt the fuck out. So um, what I wish I knew now is to offer myself kindness and compassion every day. Um, I wish I knew what I wish I knew now. I think I mean to before. (laughs) I'm confusing myself and I'm doing a podcast with myself. This is great. Um, What else do I wish? You know, comparisons. At the beginning of of my weight loss surgery journey, journey, all I was about was looking at people's comparison pictures. And the reason was because it gave me hope. If that person could do it, then maybe I could. Um, eventually I started to unfollow a lot of the pages that triggered me. Um, so that's probably one thing. What I wish I knew now is just if somebody's page doesn't make you feel good about yourself, then just unfollow. And it's not about them. It's about you. So, um, definitely unfollow anything that makes you feel less than, um, comparisons are real hard one, especially with weight loss surgery. And, and it's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately because I still post comparison photos and, and I have done on my Bariatric Counts page as well. And the reason I, I have done before and after photos is because, you know, they, they say your mind takes so long to catch up with your body and I 100% get that, you know. Um, like, to be completely honest, right now I feel like I am 140 kilos all over again. That's how I feel right now. I feel the same emotions that I think I did at that that weight. Like, like I'm the biggest one in the room. Um, you know, yeah, I'm the the duff, the designated ugly fat friend. That's how I feel right now. And um, for me, doing the comparison pictures is, is what makes me go, "Fuck! Look, look how much you've changed. Look." at how you used to feel because, uh, you know, I'll look at my photos and I can just tell what I was feeling at the time. Um, Look at how much hard work you've had to do to get here and the decisions that you made and you chose yourself. Um, But yeah, I I read a post the other day from um, The Wellful on Instagram because I love, they share some amazing things and, and, you know, once upon a time we used to just demonize demonize the scales um, and, I, and I get it it was about you know scales and weights everyone attaching their hopes and dreams and and their mood for the day to, to how much they weigh and that being the the be all and end all and you know so we wanted people to step away from that like don't do it if it doesn't make you feel good don't do it and I stand by that but so then it was like oh we'll just use pictures as a as a way to measure your progress. There's lots of different ways to measure your progress, but photos, you know, make sense. But for, um, you know, some people, comparison photos are really triggering. And, you know, they say it makes it look like you're just focusing on what you look like. But yeah, I I get it. I get that corridor, but for me, that's not, why I use comparison pictures, it's for me, it's a reminder of the hard work. It's a reminder of how I used to feel. Um, it's actually not at all about what I look like. It, it's just a way to signify the change. Um, so I think 
you know, in that respect, com- com- comparison photos can mean different things to everyone. And um, I'd just say, please be respectful to others if they choose to share them. Um, but yeah, that's something I've been thinking about. Somebody talked about food comparison photos not being great. Um, and, you know, quite triggering, like, and that is one thing that I hear a lot in the weight loss surgery community is, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, five months post-op and I feel like I'm eating way too much and I'm freaked out. Hear it all the time. And, and I think, you know, I can imagine that those food comparison photos probably don't help in that space. It's something I'd never considered before. I share comparison photos every now and again on my Instagram story, like, this is my dinner. And then I'll be like, and this is all I've eaten. And it's actually, funnily enough, it's never been for any weight loss surgery people. It's been for like my friends and family that follow my page because I know they're always like, wow, that's crazy. Um, But now I'll probably think about that a little bit more before I post. But I have been guilty of comparing myself to others and it really doesn't help. But to be 100% honest, I don't even know how to stop. Um, definitely unfollowing pages that I, you know, do compare myself to, that helps. But overall, I think it's just an ongoing battle and journey with your mind. Um, sometimes, you know, when we're wanting to feel shit, the, the easy go-to is to compare ourselves to other people who we think are doing better, who we think we should be doing as well as, who look better, who weigh less, who, who blah, 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 all the things. Um yeah, so that's what I want to tell you now. Um, oh, learnings from the podcast. Yeah, so I have recorded 12 episodes. Um, <laughs> key learning, I have recorded two of them on Spotify Green Room and haven't been able to actually get the recordings. So I'm still unsure right now as I record this whether or not I'm going to get to release those episodes or, or I'll have to re-record. Um, learnings from this podcast is I say uh-huh, and mm, and yeah, a lot uh, when I have to listen back to these episodes. I've had to like mute myself in some of them because it's just terrible. So that's a learning for next season. I'm just going to sit there silent when people are talking because I just sound really annoying when you're, when you're listening back to it. Uh, I, I've really had some bloody cool people on the podcast um, this time around. And and the best thing about um, hosting by myself is that I've been able to just like do really random times um, and things that suit me. It's been easy, easier to um, organize with people. Um, I'm just opening up my notes. Bear with me. So, yes, um, just I, I wrote down some some takeaways from this. And I guess <laughs> if you listen to this episode actually first, I want to forefront that. Fuck, I ask some dumb questions in some of these episodes. Uh, and I bring up some dumb shit that probably doesn't need to be talked about. And one of them, I assume somebody had had weight loss surgery that hadn't. That was that was a low moment. Um, but I really didn't want to, I didn't want to edit them and take stuff out of them and lose the essence of it because I wanted these to be like conversations I'm having with someone that I record. I don't want them to be highly edited. Um, yes, I have 
turned myself off and some of them in the background have muted me because I just sound like a dick. Um, but I, never when I'm actually talking, only when I'm just, um, you know, hmm, <laughs> offering encouragement for people to keep talking. Um, I love that we spoke to someone from the US. We spoke to someone from Australia. Um, and then everyone else was from New Zealand, but in all over the North and South Island. Um, I'm super excited that I already have like 15 people who want to speak to me for season two. And um, I, I really did learn a lot from this this season. And I'm, I'm seriously thankful and grateful for everyone who's who's come on. And I'm grateful for anyone who's listening right now. Where am I at right now? So I, where am I? I'm 102.6 kilos. Oh, this week I have started trialing going gluten free. Um, and that was based off, I had an ancestry.com. Like I did my DNA a, a, a year or two ago. And there's this other test that you can do that you upload your DNA results. And then it, it tells you just based off your genes, like if you have any, and it gives you a nutrition report saying things that you, you know, your your likelihood of um, of allergens and stuff like that. And I had been thinking about trialing stopping gluten because I've struggled with sleep quality for a very, 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 very long time. Um, and sore tummies, which I've had again since I was about eight. Um, and I finally, finally realized, like I knew there was a link from food to how I feel, but I'm finally at this point where I'm just like, you know what? I am not putting up with this anymore. Um, I need to do something about it. The only one who can change how I'm feeling is me. And so I realized I'm going to have to start, um, you know, trialing eliminating stuff from my diet and seeing if it makes me feel any better. So I am uh, trying not to have sugar after, well, 12, I don't know, 3 o'clock I think I, I set for myself. Um, and that for the last two days I haven't had, like I didn't have sugar today at all. And then yesterday there was some in the cereal I had for breakfast um, and I didn't have any extra. Big deal for me. Like, honestly, it sound it might sound ridiculous to some people, but the last two days for me have been fucking epic. I have only had breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, I had fallen heavily into quite early on after surgery having snacks, and you know there probably was a time when they were really good protein based, and but it had gotten to the point where it wasn't anymore, and I was kind of just eating like whatever, and I wasn't even being true to. Um, intuitive and mindful eating and honoring my body and really knowing what my body wanted I was just eating all the time to the point that I just don't even think I ever was really getting hungry so I did this um, weight loss surgery workshop a couple of months ago um, Kate Berridge ran it up here in Whangarei and, and it was really awesome because I was 18 months exactly and she literally opened with you know just because you might be 18 months and she used a random number, but it just happened to be me. There's nothing, st your sleeve is still working and it can still help you as a tool to lose weight. 
Um, and and that kind of and one of the key things she said that research has shown is eating three meals a day um, has had proven you know more success for people who have weight, have had weight loss surgery. And um, I had kind of started thinking about it since then because I have been snacking and it hasn't been great stuff. Um, so I thought this week I'll give it a go. Monday didn't work well because I. I ate all the rocky road across the day, but Tuesday I did it and I was really proud of myself and, and today I've done it again. And um, I'm not going to count the days. I'm just going to try and do it every day. And it's not going to, and even like, I just told myself just to do it till dinner. If I eat something after dinner, whatever, I'm just going to like slowly do this because when I try and do stuff cold turkey, it doesn't usually work out for me. So it's just a, it's just, you know, a bit of a journey. Uh, so I'm trying to drink two liters of water a day. Um, I've done that the last two days, which has been awesome. And I'm tracking my sleep with my Garmin watch so I can see, uh, how much deep sleep I've had. So the first night after I'd had all the Rocky Road, I had no deep sleep. And then last night I had 26 minutes. So we want to get that number up. That's kind of my goal because I really want to wake up and feel refreshed. Um, so where I'm at now is I still want to lose some weight and I felt really awkward expressing that because of how I'm hard out into mindful intuitive eating, which is all about accepting and loving your body and, and all of the good and amazing things. And um, But where I'm coming from with this is wanting to feel good in my body and mind. I, I feel dramatically better after losing you know 40 kilos. And in terms of my, oh, and by the way, if you haven't listened to me before, I got off my CPAP machine six weeks after surgery, so I don't have sleep apnea anymore. My fitness has dramatically improved, but there's still um, some fitness goals that I really, really want to reach, especially around running. And um, I think if I if I could get rid of some of my extra fat, it would make it a lot easier for me. And I've just... I've got a goal to get to a size 12 and I don't want to be embarrassed about that anymore because it's my choice and it's my decision and honestly I could just change my mind tomorrow and that's fine. But right now I don't have a weight in mind that I want to get to but I do want to try and get down to a size 12. So I'm currently a size 16 depending on Kmart sometimes 14, you know they're pretty generous over there. And then in some stores like I brought a pair of jeans from Farmers the other day and I was 18. So um, you just never know what you're going to get. So that's where I'm at now, focusing on my health, trying to eat three times a day, uh, getting the water in, focusing on sleep. I think sleep is just the key. Continuing on with my coaching and working through all that mental stuff and all the getting rid of all the fucking trauma shit that I've I've collected over my 31 years. And um, my hopes for this podcast is that somebody listens to it and doesn't feel so alone and they hear a story or they hear a thought or an experience and they go, ah, it's not just me. That's happened. Um, and yeah, I haven't said it yet, but you know, if you have had weight loss surgery or you're in pre-op or anything, um, listen to your medical team because advice varies across surgeons and just trust your surgeon and your team that they know what they're talking about. So I'm talking about eating three meals a day. If your dietitian is telling you something else, listen to your dietitian. Um, 
I'm experimenting on myself, experimenting on myself, uh, and it's not me telling anyone what they should do. This is just kind of personal experiences. So, yeah, my hopes for this podcast is really just that it helps someone out there that we can start having conversations about weight loss surgery and they don't have to be um, in a closet or, you know, backdoor type of thing. Um, yeah, I I am really excited and I probably should wrap this up right now because we're probably yeah, hitting 43 minutes about now. So thank you so much for listening. Um, if you have any questions for me, please reach out on Instagram at Bariatric Yarns or um, at From Lyon. That's my personal account. Um, I'm really open to answering any questions. If you want to come on the podcast, flick me a message. Um, I'm just putting everybody on a list at the moment and working my way through the list. Um, I'm really keen to do some group ones as well. I can have um, three people on as plus me um, on my remote recording software. So if you're interested, get in there. But um, otherwise, good luck. Good luck on your journey, whether you're thinking about weight loss surgery, whether you've had it um, new or you're quite far out. Uh, I hope everything is going well for you. And if it isn't, um, I hope that you have someone to support you. Thank you for listening to this week's Bariatric Yarn. If you have a weight loss surgery story or conversation you think needs to be heard, get in touch with us on Instagram at Bariatric Yarns. As always, we appreciate you for listening. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, thank you for being part of the change. Thank you.